0: name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. There's a new movie out about the life of Mary Magdalene. I believe it's come and gone. Maybe me and four other people saw it last week. The good news about that is it probably won't be long until I can download it and show it here. So stay tuned. It's a good movie. It imagines the family of Mary Magdalene. It it imagines her decision to follow Jesus. It pictures her faithfulness to him and to his mission. At one point, Mary Magdalene is talking with Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jesus' mother looks at the younger Mary and says directly, You love my son, don't you? And before Mary Magdalene has a chance to respond, Mary, the mother of Jesus, says, You must prepare yourself like me. Mary Magdalene then says, For what? And the older Mary explains, You must prepare yourself. To lose him. Jesus himself taught that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Living with resurrection faith means then that we live prepared prepared to lose the very things we love most, prepared to lose the people we love, prepared to lose ourselves. Because, like the prayer of St. Francis puts it so beautifully, it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. If we hold on too tightly to anything with clenched fists, we can't receive very much from God, can we? If we hold on too tightly, we we won't see other opportunities. We won't hear new songs or new sounds. We won't learn. We won't grow. I was able to see this kind of faithful preparation for death, even while already giving new life, a few weeks ago when I was in England. In addition to spending some time with our Link Parish, our sister parish in London, we went to Oxford for a couple of days to gawk at the architecture and history and to see the places where all the good BBC murder mysteries take place. <clears throat> And a side agenda was for me to have tea with two Anglican nuns. Now some of you may not know that there are Anglican monks and nuns. And in the Anglican Church in our country, the Episcopal Church, we have Episcopal monks and nuns. We really do. Now, King Henry VIII did his best to eradicate religious life. In the 1530s, he disbanded all British monasteries, priories, convents, and friaries in Wales, England, and Ireland. He appropriated their income. He disposed of their assets. A few of the surviving monastics fled to other parts of Europe. But in 1845, a community of nuns began. And in 1852, a woman named Harriet Monsell, whose husband had been a Church of England priest and he died, um, Harriet Monsell gathered a few women around her and they began what was called the Clure House of Mercy. And their mission was especially to work with women in need. In their area, women caught up in prostitution. And so Mother Harriet formed what was one of the first religious communities to appear since the dissolution in the 16th century. At its peak, this community of St. John the Baptist in England had some 300 sisters spread out in a number of houses a few of that community came to the Lower East Side of Manhattan in the 1800s, and they began the community of St. John the Baptist there. And today, that little remnant community is over in Mendham, New Jersey. But it's from that English community that at its heyday was 300 nuns, today has four sisters. It's with that community that I was going to have tea with two nuns. And so I met Sister Anne and Sister Mary Stephen. They know that the English order of St. John Baptist is dying. And they know that when they die, there will probably be no more community of St. John Baptist in England. They could obsess over this. They could cling to tradition. They could respond to societal and demographic and cultural changes with anger and judgment and reaction. They could deny their reality. Instead, they look very clear-eyed at death, and they see new life. They've made some hard decisions. A few years ago, they decided to sell their massive convent near Windsor, They mourned its loss, they mourned its history, its love, its mission, all the people they had known and loved that came through those beautiful buildings. But out of that, they've gained a new vision, or I should say regained an earlier vision. As you might imagine, through the sale of this massive, gorgeous building, they ended up with quite a pot of money. And so with that money, they've very prayerfully and carefully established a trust, and they've been very quietly and carefully funding projects and people who fulfill that earlier vision of Mother Harriet, that earlier vision to to help women in need and to continue spreading the love of Jesus Christ in the world. And so those four sisters with the trust that helps guiding for funding initiatives um, have done a number of things. In Bristol, England, they helped buy a house with the 123 Project. That house offers programs and presents to women who are vulnerable to to street sex work, and it helps them to break free of, of addiction and poverty and violence. It gives them a new chance With support from a local bishop, the sisters have funded an enormous campaign through the Church of England that helps to raise awareness of human trafficking, of modern slavery in England. It's named for their original town of the settlement, the Clure Initiative. BBC News talked about it last week because this project helps individuals and dioceses notice when people are in danger, And there's even a tricky little app one can download. And so, like in this country, sometimes people working in nail salons and other places are being trafficked and are there against their will. In England, so often it's the window washers who come to you when your car is parked at a light. But this little app allows you to notify the authorities if you think something is amiss. On and on these projects go... When the sisters needed to sell their massive convent, of course, they were homeless. They needed a place to live. And so they developed a partnership with Ripon Theological College at Cuddesdon, right near Oxford. And there they built a new multi-use building with a convent on the top floor. They endowed a new, beautiful, architecturally praised chapel for the college. And so the two sisters that are now living at Cuddesdon are both Church of England priests, and they're going strong they're preaching, they're offering spiritual direction, they're, they're leading retreats, they're offering guidance, they're living out their vows, they're being the resurrected body of Christ. Now, Sister Anne and Sister Mary Stephen know full well that they are up in years. They know that they will one day die and that much they love will die with them. But they also know and already experience the new life through Christ that is possible when we let go. The new life of resurrection that's possible when we let go and give God a little room to work. What might God be nudging us to let go of? An idea, a way of thinking. A relationship that's not helping, a career path that's a dead end, worry, anxiety. Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit may we have the courage of Mary Magdalene and the other disciples, the courage to die with Christ so that with new strength, new joy, new purpose, and new faith, we too may rise again in him. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia.